You're listening to Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. I know I'm Nick. And just before we get into the, uh, Don's Cast, Jamie, I just want to say to the, uh, to the listeners out there, apologies for the audio last week. Um, yeah, who knew? Phoning it in. Uh, very poor sound quality. So apologies for anyone who struggled through listening to that. But um, thanks for sticking with us and... Uh, hopefully this time it'll be a lot more easier in the year. Yeah, well, you can't help when you're moving, mate, so that's fine. We, I think we can all stomach that. But um, let's go from the top. I'm going to say what a nightmare return to the footy for the Bombers after an insipid performance against the dogged Carlton who refused to go away and in all reality should have had a very comfortable win. It was only the efforts of our defensive players that gave us a chance to pinch the game very late and to be honest, we had no right to win that game. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that, Jamie. And like to be quite honest with you, I don't think it was a case of uh, Carlton not going away. Like really, they should have put us away. That's a game that really they should have won by, you know, seven or eight goals. Uh, just the way we were playing, it was it was really poor play. And yeah, I really hope we can, um, you know, dust off any any rust. And um, look, I was listening to the Sash podcast uh, today, and I think they're absolutely right. If they're going to try and use the um, the Connor thing as a as an excuse, yep, no worries, we'll wear it this week. It would have been a pretty torrid time for the club. Um, but that's that's it. Like, um, you know, you can use it last week, but um, going forward, um, surely you shouldn't be using um, those sorts of experiences as an excuse, um, as a professional football club. But that's just my point of view. Oh, definitely. And after all, we were playing Carlton. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would give respect, but I give it respect when it's earned. And by all rights, Carlton had no rights to match up with us. Uh, yes, we did have a disappointing week in terms of, like, our preparation. But honestly, like, as you said, we could have easily got pantsed in that game by a much higher margin than what we ended up losing by and we have to own that and if we want to go back to excuses well that's great but that doesn't help you at the end of the season yeah uh frustrating and just frustratingly we have too many players struggling to find a pill you know we had seven players of the 22 get less than eight touches and i know it's a shortened game but disturbingly it's the same kind of players that are struggling to find that pill there's players like Bell Chambers, Townsend, Snelling, even AMT. They've had very disappointing uh, outputs from the last two games. Yeah, I mean, in Anthony McDonald, Tim Woody's defence, I will say, as a crumbing forward, geez, we haven't made his job very easy, have we? Um, we've we've either put it on his head, which we've seen year on year. Who'd have thought that the Froggy Davy uh, centre half forward doesn't work? You know, especially when you got uh, taller defenders on you, and yet we keep on doing it. Um, but I definitely agree. Um, there's a lot of there were a lot of passengers that game. To be blunt, Bell Chambers among them. Um, look, you know, yes, he he is our best tap tap ruckman as we've sort of discussed previously. But he's given us nothing else around the ground, um, and it's really hurting us. Um, he's not even there for that release kick. Um, down the line that we used to play, because um, he just hasn't been 
taking grabs. Um, and as for Townsend and Snelling, look, I've, I love their endeavours. Um, they they won't die wondering, um, but right now they're not giving us much in terms of a value proposition. Um, yes, Townsend could have pinched the game late, but um, other than that, and he did do some good forward pressure work and you know Snelling to a to a lesser degree. But unless you're value adding to the team, um, yeah, more than that, it's very difficult to uh, cement your spot in the side. And look, um, there's obviously other very experienced players that uh, are down on output. And um, yeah, it's really disappointing um, to see that. Look, I, I don't think it's a, a lack of effort. Um, but their game sense uh, just just wasn't on, um, which makes it hard for us to compete. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Darcy Parrish, after ripping it up against the Swans in the last quarter, to my amazement, was given the least amount of playing time on the night. And furthermore, despite struggling as a whole in the midfield, was given hardly any minutes in, in there to actually improve our chances of winning that game. And it's such strange coaching, and I can only hope Warsfold is pulling rank on this, because if this is Rutten's call, I fear that he does not rate Darcy at all. Yeah, and that's really disappointing. You know, especially after that last quarter against Sydney, as you as you mentioned, like 13, 13 possessions, um, you know, kicked crucial goal at the end there. Like, he really saved the match for us up in Sydney. Um, and then, you know, we... <laughs> We give him bugger all, um, you know, on-field time at all, and not time in the middle. Um, and he's a he's an in and under midfielder. Like for us fans, it's uh, really frustrating. Obviously, we don't know the whole story. We don't, you know, obviously get inside the closed doors of the club. But you know, this bloke, he's got lightning hands. He doesn't mind the hard stuff and getting in there. Why didn't we throw him in there? Um, because honestly. When I'm looking at the match and, you know, we've had to, like, Bell Chambers only played 70% of the game, um, which meant McKernan had to go on the ruck. And then because our midfield was getting caned, Stringer had to go into the centre, which meant we had no no tall forwards. We had a, a forward line of, you know, Snelling, Tipper, Fantasia. And I'll tell you what, they're not going to take too many clunks down there. Um, so why not throw a Darcy Parish in there? Free up a stringer and, you know, at least give us a chance to, to take a mark down forward because every forward entry we kicked went to the Carlton's loose man in defence. Um, that's a, that's another point where, look, we see it time and time again. Clubs play a loose man in defence against us and it's like we've never seen it before. We don't know how to how to combat it. Um, like, surely we've we've got some strategy to to combat that. Um, against Carlton or any other side who employs that strategy, but no, nah, it done us again, and yeah, we made the Carlton defenders look like bloody superstars. Yeah, well, especially Doherty. Uh, I think he had thirty-two possessions on the night, and he was just camped. He set up, and he just knew the ball was going to come his way. And you know, if you're covering thirty-two positions down back, uh, just basically mainly getting loose balls from. People like, you know, we saw it too often on the night, you know, McGrath and Merritt who constantly were kicking under pressure and just, 
you know, obviously kicking it straight back to Carlton. And many times there was no Essendon player to be seen. So it was just really just wasted football. Um, for a coach who's been given the Essendon senior coaching role for the next three years, and I'm talking about Ben Rutten, wouldn't you want Darcy learning the craft of playing in the midfield, particularly with Heppel out and the midfield down? Maybe Zach Merritt is confirmed out with suspension for the next game against the Pies. Maybe, just maybe, we might see Darcy get a prolonged time in the midfield. And, uh, you know, I just hope that, you know, we're not going to uh, demoralise this guy and get him asking for a trade out of the club. Yeah, that's that's my big fear as well, James. Like, like Darcy Parrish, he's such a gun. Like, and he's the reason we picked him at, what, pick five or six um, when we got him. He's a classy midfielder, yet we can continually play him in a forward pocket or a forward flank where it's very hard, you know, to get involved in the game in those positions. Um, and I would hate for us to, A, waste, um, you know, a really talented player in a position he's not really suited for. Yes, he can kick goals, but, um, yeah, that's not what midfielders are built for, um, to, you know, sit in a forward pocket and, and crumb and things like that. He's he's there to get into the packs and, and create to you know, get the ball out to our runners um, to then get into our forward line. Um, and I would really hate for another club, you know, maybe a Geelong to to pounce and go, come on, mate, we'll give you some, um, we'll give you the midfield time you deserve um, because he's not getting it Essendon. Um, like, I suppose he's got another year to run on his contract um, and I really hope we keep him. But, you know, if you're... If you're a bloke who's been been at the club for a number of years and you're not getting the opportunities you know you rightly deserve, um, and we all know that AFL careers are short, there is no reason why like I I couldn't see him requesting a trade from the club uh, to seek those opportunities elsewhere. I'd hate to see it happen, but um, no, nah, like you say, I'd, if we don't give him a, a chance with you know merit not playing. Uh, Hep not playing. Uh, we don't have a lot of inside mids. Um, so if he doesn't get that, uh, you know, whatever we've got really. But um, yeah, disappointing that he didn't get as much opportunity as he should have. But um, yeah, what do we know, mate? We're just the fans. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, there are some real concerning aspects of the game. Some of the most experienced players in our team, in Hurley, Hooker, Bell Chambers, they really struggled. And in my mind, the midfield players are constantly just kicking over their shoulder. Uh, no one seemed to have like any structure, as you said before. They're just really poor. And I've got to say, we looked like a panic side. Like some, you know, we were just scared. We played with no conviction. You know, really disappointing. And I just hope that is got something to do with the you know only being able to train limited time uh before the match i hope it's not going to be what we're going to see over the next you know 15 weeks yeah definitely like i i suppose one good thing is it's not our fitness that's lacking all this i think obviously match fitness from from some players who aren't able to play the four minutes but um but definitely the 
you know, as you said, like Hurley Hooker and Belcham has really struggled to get into the game, um, which is uh, yeah, really disappointing. They're our, well, Hurley and Hooker definitely are our sort of twin towers down back, our, our sort of generals in defence, if you will. Um, we know they are such classy players. Um, they're a lot better than the output they they gave uh, against Carlton. Um, but geez, they're, they're really showing signs that they are really at the back end of their careers. Um, and it did make me worry, particularly for Hooker and Bell Chambers. Look, is this their last year? Um, like Hooker, I think, can still offer us a lot of value. Perhaps, you know, as that swing swing man forward. Um, but we seem reluctant to, to play him there, even when we've got no other options. Um, and, yeah, as with Bell Chambers, um, yeah, look... Good tap Ruckman for us. Um, a really serviceable um, player for our club over a number of years, um, albeit with a with a long uh, injury history. But, um, yeah, it just looks like the, the game's um, gone past him. Hopefully I'm wrong. Um, but, yeah, he, he really didn't give us much uh, on the night. And to see him get you know beaten quite comprehensively by Pitney, uh, it was pretty disappointing to see. And in my thinking, you know, without Joe Danaher and James Stewart, in my mind, it has to be Carl Hooker playing forward next week. He has to play forward against the Pies. Uh, you know, Collingwood aren't a tall forward line, as we know. Yes, they got Mason Cox and uh, Milchek. But uh, in my mind, we don't need Carl Hooker down back. He doesn't have the aerobic capacity to play on smaller forwards like a Dugowie or anyone like that. So I'd be getting him up forward, providing a marking option for us. And, you know, that's something that he has to has to be considered, considering just how undersized we are up forward. Yeah, definitely agree with that. And especially with our, um, with our very short centre-half line, if we're going to um, persist with that. Even if, like, Hooker reads the, the ball so well, like, he's been such a great marking target for us previously. Um, but even if you can just get to the contest and bring it down, that'll allow our small forwards to, to crumb at the ball and, like, do what they do best, not just put it on top of their heads and hope they can get it, but it goes over the top. And you're right, like, in terms of Collingwood's forward line, uh, they're not super tall. Um, and, yeah, Meyer check, you know, I reckon... You know, he, he could be covered by a, by a Francis or or even a Ridley, um, like to go with him. Um, you know, as, in terms of Mason Cox, he's a he's a man giant. Um, so you know, I think we just go with um, you know, who we've got whether it's whether it's Hurley, just uh, try to beat him with his read of the ball, um, or do we just put Hooker down forward, um permanently that game and, and bring in a Zerk Thatcher. Um, look, there's plenty of options, so don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, but, um, yeah, we need to do something to, to you know, get our, get our game plan working properly because, um, yeah, I think the, the selections we're going with are definitely hurting us uh, in, yeah, in my point of view. 
Yeah. Well, it just showed on the night, you know, looking at, I know games aren't played with stats and so forth, but the Blues had something like 60 more possessions. Uh, they won the clearances by 15. And, yeah, they should have won by a much bigger margin. That's like absolute smashing. And, you know, the Pies, you know, we're hearing that Steel Sidebottom might be suspended due to a COVID breach. Uh, so we could, maybe he'll be an out for, um, obviously we already know we've lost Zach Merritt. But their midfield is quite good, very strong. Uh, we wouldn't want to be coughing up that many, uh, you know, we wouldn't want to lose the possession rate that much against the Collingwood side, or it could be quite embarrassing. Yeah, absolutely. Look, and just talking about stats, I just want to run through a few of them, James. So as you um, sort of mentioned there, so in terms of disposals, yeah, it's about 55, um, like more disposals to Carlton uh, over the course of the match. Well, 65, in fact. Um, and one of them that st- one thing that stands out to me uh, is efficiency inside 50. We went at 29.4%. Like, that's that's pretty poor. Um, so, you know, when we do say that, you know, some of our forwards have lower output, well, when your efficiency going inside 50 is less than 30%, um, it's not giving them the best opportunity. Um, as for Carlton, I mean, theirs was about 40%, which isn't that great, but it's a massive jump on what we had um and yeah even like some of the some of the other stats like clearances that Carlton had 14 more um you know stoppage clearances uh 16 to Western and 28 to Carlton so we got smashed there um you know so not only with Carlton's loose man defense did we make the defenders look like superstars um our midfield really didn't stand up on the night um and the stats really demonstrate that um, you were, were sort of beaten all around the park, and and that's why we say like really we should have lost that game by by quite a lot more um, to be a one point game, and with Townsend having that shot to potentially pinch the game for us, um, you know it definitely flattered us. Um, we did not play um, that well at all, and when we're coughing up, um, you know. 13 marks inside 50 to Carlton to our five. Um, yeah, we're, you're not going to win too many games uh, with that sort of output. Yeah, well, sorry if it's coming across, but I just absolutely hate losing to the Blues. They're my most hated team. So uh, I'm trying to hold back because, yeah, we do we do respect the players, obviously. To, you know, they're much better than us to be able to draft, be drafted and they're under so much scrutiny. So... It's not like we're just whacking them for no reason. It's, you know, we're whacking them because we know they're capable of so much better. Uh, and like, you know, as I said, very respectful of the players. We know that, well, we imagine that the football's not easy to play and it's not like flicking a switch. But you've got to have some kind of structure and the club as a whole has to wear that. So look, that's the coaching team. You know, why isn't a synergy between the coaching and the playing staff um, going through you know you know we can't deliberately have a forward set up where we just bomb it into the forward line despite what targets are down there um you know i was hoping with a carousella and rutten you know there's going to be a lot more structure and i know it's only early in and we've only played what is it two games in about 
12, 12 weeks. So, uh, you know, there is some mitigating factors, but I would hope to see a massive improvement this Friday night against a much stronger opposition. Yeah, definitely. And I think, look, as, as negative as I've been uh, throughout this podcast and, uh, you know, apologies for that. It's, you know, half the reason uh, this podcast has taken a few days to um, to simmer before we recorded. But, um, look, it is just, uh, you know, we do get frustrated as fans. And um, I definitely take your point, James, that, um, yeah, it's, it's not like the players want to lose or, or they're lazy or anything like that. I think, that, like, the effort's definitely there. And I am seeing some improvement, um, you know, certainly from years gone past. But it's just, you know, as you say, those, um, whether it's a panic kick or just a, a snap kick around the shoulder to no one, um, when we revert to stuff like that, um, it does get really frustrating. It just um, brings you back again. But um, look, um, there's definitely hope for the future. So uh, it's not all bleak. Um, but I guess this is just uh, yeah, a couple of fans, um, you know, venting their frustrations um, in in the match review. And just confirming, we've spoken about it a couple of times. Zach Merritt is definitely out uh, for Friday night's game against the Pies after uh, the club accepted the one-game suspension for the strike in the first quarter. It looked very soft, but obviously the club has assessed it. But it was going to be hard to appeal against. Because there was no dispute the action being a strike and the damage that occurred is undisputable. Uh, I also want to add that uh, Jack Silvani showed a lot of class from his comments on Twitter saying he feels for Zach and this happens 30 times a match and it was just unfortunate it got me in the wrong spot. I thought that was really classy by Jack. Yeah, definitely. Um you know, if you're playing footy, you know it's a contact sport, and um, to have Jack Silvani come out and say, "Look, you know, it's yes, the the injuries occurred, but it's not like there was any malice behind it." Um, so I think it's important that he recognise that. Um, so I think you know, in terms of Zach, yep, you'll cop the week and um, yeah, maybe a bit be a bit smarter about um, things like that going forward. But nah, good on you, Jack Silvani. Um, <laughs> You know, we know there's no love lost between the Silvani family and Essendon, so definitely a very classy act. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, maybe he's got a soft spot for the Bombers, pardon the pun, because um, we did originally draft Jack. I don't know if you remember on that draft yeah. night. Uh, Mr. Dodoro making a, a, you know, an ambient claim on uh, Jack Silvani, knowing that um, good old Silvani would, was going to match, our sauce would match that pick. But, um, yeah, maybe he's got that little soft spot for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just by the by, Sauce still, say, still says that um, 93 goal was touched. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, If you ask him that, he'll definitely tell you. But, um, yeah, I think that's about as much as we want to go through the Carlton game. I think, you know, <laughs> let's move forward. So after the break... Uh, we'll come back and we'll try and find some positive things that came out of the game and do our votes for the game against Carlton.
you're listening to Don's Cast. And in other news, just briefly before we get into the votes, uh, Connor McKenna has been informed he's free to play Friday night, if selected, after being released from isolation and serving a one-game ban for seeing his foster family. Now, the problem was that he, not that he went and visited his foster family. It was that he did not seek formal approval to do so. So that was the difference. If he had have uh, made like a formal application to go and see his foster family, it would have been ticked off. But because he didn't, uh, he did serve a one-match ban, but obviously that was done whilst he was in isolation. So really, when you read between the lines, he hasn't really suffered a <laughs> any penalty because he couldn't have played even if he wanted to last week. Um, so I think that's just the AFL basically giving an off, uh, giving a, a decision on something that didn't really need a decision, but at least it gets ticked off on there, you know, the way they want to, yeah. It's all optics, James. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and like, cause it's sort of interesting because with that case, um, you know, the AFL came out and said, you know, for players during that period, they can visit family. Uh, it wasn't really made clear uh, from what I've heard. Um, you know, what does family mean um, to you? So, I mean, you know, Connor, obviously Irish boy, so he came out to Australia. He had no one here. Um, so he set up with a foster family. And, you know, for that sort of situation, they do become uh, your family. They're the, your support. You know, they... Uh, you know, help help house you help you um acclimatize to to Australia and the way of life and um all that sort of thing so um I think definitely uh, a lot of gray area there um you know in what family means so I think the AFL's just found a way to you know punish him without punishing him um yeah just just so everyone else can uh observe the optics and you know to say, okay, now it's done. Yeah, well, to me, it's like getting detention when you didn't go to school. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he's got he kind of got off very lightly. Um, yeah, the, the unfortunate impact on James Stewart. Now, uh, good old Connor's available to play Friday night, but would you believe James is not because he must stay in uh, quarantine? Yeah, it's, <laughs> the poor bloke just can't catch a break. Um, you know. So from what I've heard around the traps, um, because uh, Connor came back into the country um, and had a numerous amount of tests, and then um, he had that low-grade, um, uh, well, eventually called positive, but it was a, what do they call it, a, a low-grade? Irregularity. Um, irregularity, that's it. And um, so the... The finding from the medical officers was apparently that, oh, okay, well, that must have been at the end of his, um, uh, you know, of having the, the virus. Um, so the 14 days for him started a lot earlier uh, than Stuart, who was found, you know, a, a few days later to have been his tackling partner. And then his 14 days started from there. So that means you'll miss an extra game uh, through no fault of his own. Um, yeah, the poor bloke. But look, hopefully he can just um, use it to to keep training up, get his running together, uh, 
keep learning the game plan um, because as we saw uh, last week, uh, we sorely miss a, a key forward option. Uh, they can take a big grab uh, and I I really hope we get him in the side um, soon, soon to see if that helps improve our forward structure. Yeah, there's definitely a spot for him once he's right to go. Well, let's uh, get into our Don's cast medal votes. And I don't know about you, mate, but I found it very difficult to find five players that deserve mm. the, any votes. Um, you know, there's probably three standouts on the night to me, and then the other two that I've had to find, mm. uh, they like they were obviously positive impacts on the side, but you know, generally that kind of form wouldn't get you up votes. So. Yeah. Um, I might start with mine first. Mm-hmm. I've gone uh, one vote to Sean McKernan. And mm-hmm. once again, it was very hard to find these votes. So forgive me if you think, how did McKernan get a vote? But I thought he was the best of our Ruckman. So <laughs> it's a bit of a slap at Bally, but I, I thought he rucked better than Bally on the night and obviously kicked a nice goal that you know got us in front. So, yeah, I gave Sean McKernan one vote. Gave two to Dev Smith. Uh, yeah, he's still building. Um, obviously, we missed him so much last year, and he's not quite at his 2018 form, but he's building, and, you know, he's still got that intensity. Yeah, he still tackles. I think he had six tackles on the night. We know that when he's um, up and going, they'll they'll become double digits. So... I think Dev's building throughout this season. We gave three votes to Langford. I thought he played a really good game on Cripps. You know, Cripps, I think, had 20 possessions, but 10 of them were handballs, and you know he only had 10 kicks. So I was really impressed with Kyle's game. And there was a couple of uh, kicks that Kyle did coming through from the back line to our forward line, and they were real darts. You know, he really hit the t- um, hit our player on the te- on the chest, and that was sorely lacking on the night. So to see Cole uh, being able to you know, hit those targets at times um, gives us hope. And with his size, you know, he can rest forward. I think he's really building to a player. You know, he has copped a lot of criticism. Uh, and sometimes I think more so because he looks so laconic. But yeah, I think Cole's building and hopefully he's another one of those young players that will uh, grow with Ben Rutten as coach. Um, I gave four votes to a very impressive uh, Jordan Ridley. Uh, he's looked great this year. All, every game he's been in, you, know, you can't help but see the improvement. Uh, he's got a beautiful kick. I think he went at 92% accuracy. Uh, yeah, these are common. Like, he's kicking his elite. And the good thing about him is he's a real hard defensive player. And as I said, it was the efforts of our defensive players that kept us in that game and I thought Ridley was the key to that but five votes and I had to give it to Sardi he, he's a brilliant player and you know I, I hear reports that we're a long way from reaching agreements with him uh, uh, Essendon would be crazy to let this guy go he he just never gives up and you know, he's got that spread that he can run off you know, once he gets his pace up and gets the ball in front of him so yeah, Adam Sardi is really impressive on the night, and I thought he stopped a few uh, entries to Carlton forward line, which might have been certain goals, but due to Sardi's effort, 
the ball was you know, kept around the, our defensive um, 50 and we were able to rebound from there and send the ball up forward. So a yeah, good game by Adam Saad. So five to him. What about you? Uh, good vote there, Jabe. Um, as, as you said, bloody hard to find winners around the park because there weren't many of them. Um, so, yes, the the voting was very difficult. Um, I've actually picked the same players, believe it or not, but just in a bit of a different order. Um, so for my one vote, I've gone for Smack. Um, like, as you said, he... Um, he actually had um, eight hit-outs, but he took um, like seven big grabs um, and like actually got involved in the game, kicked that important goal. Like It was pretty clutch, really, um, uh, you know, that, he, that he got that like in the third quarter. So um, one vote to him. Um, I've gone two votes to Dev Smith. Um, as you said, he's... His intensity around the contest and the footy um, is fantastic to see around the club. Um, and, you know, he had 18 disposals uh, in total. Um, you know, he took, um, you know, sort of five marks himself, you know, made six tackles. He's he's had a, he's had a good game. Um, yes, not, not a fantastic game um, by his own standards, um, but... Definitely serviceable, and one thing with Dev Smith, he's just so reliable um, uh, that yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunately it's a, it's a rare thing to see in the Essendon football side at the moment, um, but definitely building there. Three votes I've gone Jordan Ridley, um, yeah, and in, in terms of building, he's he's going to be an absolute beauty going forward. Uh, Jordan Ridley, he um, you know. Took six marks down back there. Um, had eighteen disposals himself. Um, yeah, made a couple of important tackles there. Um, just his his disposal is so neat. Um, his reading of the play um, is so good. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this bloke. Um, hopefully, serving a, a long and distinguished career in Essendon because um, he's just a fantastic. Um, Backman, and you really trust when he's got the ball in his hands, um, which is more than I can say for uh, for some of the members of the club. Um, so four votes, I've gone with Adam Saad. Um, look, he's another super reliable uh, defender. We are so lucky to have this guy. Um, you know, 16 disposals, uh, five tackles, and... He's another one. His intensity around the the contest is uh, just fantastic. There are a couple of bits of play there, um, you know, on Eddie Betts where he basically shut Betts out of the contest um, uh, and and really used his pace to uh, to power away from him. Um, so, uh, yeah, loved his game. And uh, for my five votes, I've gone for Kyle Langford. Um, I'm actually really, um, really liking his game right now. I think it's really good. He's, uh, I mean, <laughs> as broken up as our season's been, he has played all three games, so he he has seen a bit of continu- uh, continuity in the side, uh, which is great to see. And as you mentioned before, James, like that run where he uh, took the ball, took the game on, um, and ran through the middle of the ground to 
just spot up a beautiful pass to McKernan uh, to get that goal. It was just fantastic. Um, he's actually a, a really clever user of the footy. Um, and I think, like, as we've sort of mentioned before, he's the knock on him previously has always been he just takes too long to make that decision. He's He tries to make the perfect decision as opposed to getting the one uh, like first option sort of thing, but his ability to think through the situation has really improved now. And um, you know, if uh, you look at him, um, he is um, our <laughs> probably one of our biggest bodies uh, when he plays in the in the midfield. I thought he did a really good job on Cripps. Um, you know, Cripps definitely uh, he did have an influence toward the end of the game, but definitely didn't have as big an influence as we all sort of feared he might. Um, so congrats to Langford there, played a really great game and, um, and otherwise a, a pretty forgettable match for us. Yes, uh, definitely. And yeah, let's hope we don't spend any more time talking about <laughs> round three because that'll be the game or well, round four for us. Uh, sorry, round four for the AFL, round three for us because, um, yeah, that Carlton loss always cuts deep especially when we're the favoured side to win. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, just one last thing on that game I, I did want to mention. I did I did feel sorry for Townsend because, um, um, you know, he's taken that mark and he's taken on the responsibility of, um, you know, kicking the goal, uh, you know, to hopefully win this game. And the thing I loved about it, when he went back, he had this, massive um massive grin on his face um as if he like he wanted that responsibility he wanted to take it on and say yes i'm going to win the game for this club and when he kicked it oh it looked you know beautiful and straight and i, I was fist pumping at home just going yes um and for it to fall short and hit bloody liam jones in the head um i just felt uh, i felt bad for the guy because um, you could see he was really kicking himself. He's thinking, "Oh, I've lost the lost the game for the for the team." Well, uh, from a fan perspective, or at least from me, mate, um, you know, Townsend, you definitely didn't lose the game for us. It it takes more than one moment to win or lose a game, as far as I'm concerned. And um, look, you didn't have a great night. Uh, neither did many Essendon uh, players. But um, no, nah, I, I did like that he he took that responsibility. Um, just didn't work out for him on the night. Yeah, I do notice with um, Townsend, and I'll take your point with the cheeky grin almost, but I think it must be like a nervous reaction on him because he did it a number of times against Freo, and I noticed that as well, and I thought, oh. So maybe it's like uh, says something that he's naturally within him. He has this uh, facial expression where he's <laughs> like a Cheshire cat, you know, <laughs> basically having a smile, but... um. Yeah, like his effort for kicking that goal, I was the same. I was you know, in the lounge room with my daughter and we were both jumping up in the air when we saw the, from that original um, goal kicking angle, uh, the ball just looked straight as a die and it looked like it was going to beat the pack. But then obviously they showed the the sideline angle and yeah, they gave a big falcon to Jones and unfortunately we couldn't get it home. But, you know... Uh, it would have been a real unjust win. Obviously, we would have taken it. But, um, yeah, I'm, the only good thing about losing like this is you hope the club does some 
deep soul searching with you know the way they've played because it's actually impacted as a result rather than getting a sneaky win and maybe you don't look at things as deep as you yeah, should. Yeah, fair call. All right, well, let's go out to the break. And when we come back, we'll come back with By the Numbers, our regular feature where we go through each player's performance purely on how we saw the game. So that's next after the break. Listening to Don's Cast. So, a regular feature we do is by the numbers, where we rate each player's performance by their playing number. And obviously, our first player on our list is, well, the player who was number one is Andy McGrath. How did you see his game? Yeah, it was. Uh, no, look, he, he found the footy enough. I mean, he had 20 disposals, uh, had five tackles, um, but really didn't have much of an impact at all on the game for mine. Um, and as you said, he, he kept doing those blind kicks around his corner, uh, around his shoulder rather. And, you know, he's a class player. He's he's a lot better than, um, you know, that sort of uh, play. Uh, so for mine, look, uh, a very, uh, you know, downgraded performance for him. Um, so hopefully you'll... It'll be on the improve. What did you see, mate? Yeah, the same. Like he, he obviously was able to find the ball a little bit. Like he had getting twenty possessions, and he was the only bomber to find the ball that many times. But as as we both concur, like he was just too erratic with his kicking. It was just you know, as I said before, it looked panicked and had no control. And you know, this is only one game. But I have seen some bomber comments out there from fans where they've kind of ripped into the door a little bit, wondering, did we make the right call? You know, you've got Taranto, who won the best and fairest for the Giants last year. You have uh, Hugh McCluggage, sorry. He's, looks like he's going to be an All-Australian uh, not too not too far away. I'm still very happy to have Andy McGrath on our side, but... What, when you read those, mate, do you, does it make you think, did we make the right call? To be honest, no. Um, they're, they're all great players in their own right. I I really like Andy McGrath. He's such a class player. And like just even when you hear him speak, like you can just... This is a, a really driven guy um, that's got leadership written all over him. Um, so... Yes, we we would definitely like a bigger-bodied mid if, if Andy McGrath had another... You know, half a foot on him, uh, that'd be bloody handy. But um, no, I think, you know, all three players are, are class players in their own right. Um, so no regrets for mine. No, and I still believe Andy will be a future Bomber captain. Uh, and like I said, we, we, you know, please don't. The fact that I brought that up, it's, it's not meaning that we're, we're wondering on one game's performance, did we make the right call? It's just that... It was kind of pretty constant after that game. And I saw a few of them ripping into Dodoro going, yeah, again, we had the, the number one pick and we went that option. Um, you know, and as I said, a lot of people like to put bets on at the end of the race, but um, I'm still very happy with Andy McGrath like you. Uh, another player that copped a little bit of a roasting, and probably deservingly, you know, was um, 
Tom Bell Chambers. Yep. Look, mate, when you're the number one ruckman, uh, and in total you have had six disposals, zero tackles throughout the whole game, that's a very poor performance for mine. Um, and look, because, um, yes, he is our, our best tap ruckman, um, I still believe, but he's not giving us much um, around the ground. Um, you know, he didn't even have one mark for the game. So, um, you know, I'd really rather see a Phillips in the side who does offer a bit more around the ground. No, he's not a, not as um, polished as a, as a tap ruckman. Um, and for, you know, in terms of Tom Bell Chambers, we we spoke about it um, in the pregame that he really should have uh, established his authority over uh, Pitney uh, in that ruck contest. Um, but you know, Pitney gave him a bath, um, which was pretty disappointing to see. So, look, he's he's better than that. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure he'll bounce back. But um, you know, for this game, um, yeah, definitely uh, far below a pass mark for mine. What about you, mate? Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Tommy, he he was kind of fortunate if you remember he. Even against the Frio game, he was, you know, very uh, suspiciously added to the to the team. Even though Phillips had done all the work in the preseason, to be frank, I I thought Phillips had a pretty good preseason. So I was surprised we rushed Tommy in. It seemed like a rushed move. But obviously, Tommy's seen as a bit of a leader around the club. But to me, you've got to have some form on the board, and you know, this is three games now where. I haven't seen a lot out of Tom Bell Chambers, and you've got to think uh, of all the matchups, uh, Brady Gun- Grundy would be the worst player you could match Tom Bell Chambers up with. Yep. So, to my mind, I, I, there's no way known he could be playing on Friday night, yep. uh, unless we were deliber- uh, deliberately trying to get pantsed. <laughs> Start the tanking early, you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, we've also spoken about this player, Darcy Parrish. Uh, just the 10 disposals, but, you know, look where he's playing. He did kick two goals. How did you see him? Yeah, I, I really feel for this bloke. Um, you know, what more does he have to do? You'd think with Hep out of the side, we needed another midfielder in there to step up. Darcy Parrish would have been primed from that fourth quarter effort against Sydney. And we we gave him the least amount of game time on the ground, um, and even when we played him, he wasn't in the midfield. So, um, you know, I think, look, if you look at the game, uh, you know, just from Parrish's output, it was down. You can, like, even where he played on the ground, you, you could have had more of an impact there. Like, he had two tackles for the game. So even when you're not getting the pill, I'm a strong believer that um, you can still impact the game through... Yeah, pressure acts and tackles and things like that. So, um, like, not his best game, but you can definitely see why. Um, if we keep chucking him on a forward flank, especially you know if we if our midfielders are um, just doing kicks around their shoulders to to either Carlton players or to to nowhere at all, um, it's um, yeah, a bit hard for him to to get involved. So I really hope to see him get some more midfield opportunities uh, next week. But 
What about you, mate? What did you see? Yeah, well, yeah, you think his confidence would have been sky high. He kicked, yeah, you know, first two goals. I think it was two mm-hmm. two goals yep. in the first quarter. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Imagine that you kick two goals in the first quarter and then you get solid opportunity in the midfield. You'd imagine as a player you'd be feeling pretty well, but that opportunity never came. And you know we saw Shield and we saw McGrath and and we saw Merritt all kind of struggling to make an impact on the game. I just thought it was a really poor coaching in a way that you didn't put on a bloke who the week before, or sorry, the fortnight before, had had a massive impact on the team getting up with his last quarter performance in the midfield. And next player is uh, Kyle Langford. Now, we both gave him votes. You gave him best on, and um, yeah, I gave him three. What did you think of uh, Kyle's game? Yeah, I really liked his game. He's... He's actually starting to really show he, he's such a smooth mover around the ground. Uh, no, not the quickest cat uh, you've seen, but um, I think he's uh, really building well. And like you've just got to remember, he's only, what, 23, 24 years old still, so uh, still a lot of development left in him. Um, and his disposal is so clean um, and his vision's so good. Um, so I think he's building really well. Uh, and for him to lay three tackles as well, get three clearances, um, uh, like only 14 disposals, but remember he didn't um, you know, really play in the midfield all that much, so he's not going to get um, high disposal numbers. Um, yeah, I, I quite liked his game. Um, but yeah, what about you? What do you reckon? Yeah, well, I thought it showed a lot of focus. How he applied his uh, the role on Cripps. We all know Patrick Cripps is a fantastic player and maybe one of the best five players in the competition. And you know, for Cole to take on that role and do a you know the tagging role in some ways and do such a great job, I thought it showed a lot of focus. And as I said, when he had the chance to have some offensive input with his kicking. That was very clean, like you said. So, yeah, I think this is a really strong development year for Cole to go to the next level, and hopefully that continues. I don't think he'll ever become like a permanent tagger, but yeah, if he can add that string to his bow, he will, um, you know, obviously make himself even more valuable. But to me, Cole's going to do his best work when he has bits of uh, play in the midfield and then rest forward because yeah, with his size and height and he's a great kick of the footy uh, yeah, he, I think there's definitely a spot in the bomber side going forward for Kyle Langford. Uh, another player we gave votes to, Dev Smith uh, as I said, I, I feel he's building Like you gave him votes and we talked about him briefly before, how do you think Dev's building through this season? Yeah, like, as I sort of mentioned before, he's so consistent, like even now, where as you said, he's not at his twenty eighteen best, um, so he's still uh, growing into the season. Um, but he still like puts it all out there. So yeah, I sort of mentioned his stats before, like eighteen disposals, six tackles. Um, you know, for a, for a small um, you know forward, you can you know chop into the mid every now and then. You can't really ask for for much more than that. Um, you know, kicked a goal as well, so. Always happy with them. Um, yeah, like 
love this bloke, love him at the club, and um, yeah, I thought he had a a very decent game. What about you, Joe? Yeah, uh, again, you know, his efforts just unquestionable, and I love the way that even on screen, you know, when you're watching as a fan, you can see how hard he is trying to catch the player with the ball if it's not us. So, you know, you see his little legs pumping away to try and you know, apply one of those tackles. And, and what I also love is when he does catch them and gives them a bit of a tackle, he, he makes sure they feel it. So, um, yeah, he's a great player. I think he's a, like a heart and soul player. So I'm sure that would rub off. And I can see why that's why he's added to the leadership group. Because um, you've you got to think that would be like intoxicating... Um, having a player like like that. So, um, yeah, I think uh, good old Dev is uh, definitely going to add a lot more as the season builds on because, as I said, he had those two knee injuries um, last year, had them both fixed up, and hopefully he builds into the season. The uh, next player was Zach Merritt, who unfortunately will miss now because of this game uh, with that little love tap that obviously... <laughs> Uh, did a lot of damage. How did you see his game? Uh, yeah, look, I thought, you know, the Carlton midfielders, um, you know, Kerno and that uh, really wore, wore Merritt and, and Shield like a glove. So, uh, you know, Merritt's uh, performance, look, he, you know, the effort was there and um, laid three tackles, had 17 disposals, um, but really didn't have much of an impact on the game. For mine, uh, what about you? Um, how do you see it? Well, the most disturbing thing for me was that, you know, in the last quarter, he didn't touch the pill. <laughs> you know, that's really concerning. You know, whether his mind was taken off the job with that, you know, if he, he was thinking there was uh, going to be trouble for him because uh, Jack Savani was taken out of the game. But, you know, this is a bloke who led us last year when um, Dyson wasn't available. Uh, you'd think he'd want to make strong impact at the pointy end of the game, and for him not to register a single possession, you know, I think that's incredibly poor. And again, it just showed the coaching was totally off because we persisted with Zach in the midfield despite him not being able to find yep. it. Yeah, you'd rather him go to a go to a forward flank or a forward pocket and parish go in the guts. Um, just to try something different, but oh well, wasn't to be. Yeah, well, it may have even released the tag a little because we know Kerno was definitely uh, watching him and Shield like a hawk. But if you take one of them down and just rest them forward, uh, I doubt they're going to take Kerno away from the from the action. So um, the fact that we didn't even try that is disappointing. So probably. Should, Probably the least I say about that anymore, the better, because, um, yeah, I'm starting to get frustrated again. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, our player returned uh, his first game of the year was uh, Marty Gleeson. How did you find him? Yeah, look, um, obviously he yeah, hasn't played for, for quite a while, and it was good to see him back. I thought um, his, you know, he was still able to read the play and, um, you know, made a couple of... Um, really good kicks um, to blokes in better position. Um, so you can see the old Marty Gleeson, he's still there. It'll take him a while to get uh, fully match fit and, and into the run of it um, if he does play any, uh, an extended run of the team. Um, but 
you know, you're not going to be, uh, you know, best on your first week back after such a long time um, away from footy. So, um, look, I thought he was uh, serviceable, but um, didn't really have a have a big impact on the game. Um, you know, again, like our, our defence is probably our, our strongest line. Um, so he definitely complemented the... Uh, the back line there, but um, nah, like didn't lose any fans, but didn't make a huge impact uh, on the game for mine. What about you? Yeah, I think he had like 14 possessions, so and as you say, he's a good reader of the play, and I just think, like, obviously I think we'll go with him again this week against Collingwood, but um, he'll have players like Welfie and stuff breathing down his you know, neck, basically, just to say, hey, um, I want that spot too, so it's going to put a little bit of selection pressure on Marty. And as I said, I thought he was quite serviceable considering it was his first game in a while into senior side. Yep. So, yeah, I, I don't think, as you said, he, he didn't lose any fans in the night. And, uh, yeah, he's a terrific reader of the play. And uh, I think he complements our back line and should be in our best 22. But, as I said, he's going to have some uh, other players breathing down his neck um, if he doesn't. Um, you know, if he doesn't uh, prolong that form or find that form that we know he's capable of, because uh, as you say, that back line is quite strong, and uh, there will be a, a fight for selection. Uh, so another player who we um has voted quite well prior to this game was Dylan Shield. Uh, he found it a bit tough on the night. Well, how did you rate him? Yeah, I didn't have his best night. Um, as we sort of said before, he was um, really taken out of the game by um, uh, what's his name, Cunningham and and Kerno uh, from Carlton. Um, they really, really clamped down hard uh, on Merritt and Shield. Um, so look, he nineteen disposals and four clearances. On paper, it looks like he had a serviceable game without being spectacular, but really um, those disposals weren't uh, weren't dangerous. Really, um, um, certainly uh, didn't seem to have much of an impact for mine. Look, it's a it's a pass grade because you know the effort was there. He's still um, getting around the footy, uh, laid laid a couple of tackles. Um, so it's um he definitely tried his um tried his best but impact was down. But I think as you sort of mentioned before, James, that's where the coaching uh, strategies really need to kick in. If if a shield's down, get someone else in there and um you know, try and shake off those taggers, um or you know, put him in a different position. Uh yeah, get him to run on the wing or, or do something to, to shake things up a bit because, um, you know, certainly going through the motions, um, you know, ended up in him having a, like an okay game, but uh, definitely uh, he was he was beaten on the night for mine. How do you see it? Yeah, I, I think one of the telling things I, I learned over the summer was there was a player interviewed, and I can't remember if it was... Um, Darcy Parrish or one of those younger players and they asked the question uh, at Essendon, who's the player who makes sure you know that he's in the midfield and nothing else? 
And the player that in question, I wish I could quote him, he, he said, oh, that's Dylan Shield for sure. So I think Dylan feels he has an entitlement to be in the centre all the time. And um, obviously when he came to Essendon, it would have been one of his keys in negotiations that yeah, he wanted to play a certain position for the club. But um, you know, sometimes when you are tagged and you're not being able to have the impact you're capable of, you need to be able to you know, take that and try to apply your craft in a different position, even if it's only for a quarter um, or even 10 minutes of the play, to see if it changes the dynamic of the of the matchup. But yeah, you know, I hope that's not the case where uh, Dylan's sticking his heels in and saying, hey, I'm a midfielder first and only. And, um, you know, I, I hope that Dylan's going to be able to add another craft because, as we all know, uh, the AFL, the coaches watch every team, they dissect every team, and, you know, if some player's got a strength, uh, the opposition coach does everything they can to nullify that. Yeah, I think one of his strengths is that burst run we've sort of mentioned a few times, and there was no point in the game where he got the opportunity to get a run on um, in this game. Carlton latched onto him hard, so, yeah, I think you're definitely right there. All right, well, the next player, uh, Aaron Francis. Now, early, early in the game, uh, I've got to say, one of my criticisms of Aaron is that he loves to fly in to contest, and that's all well and good, but there's a couple of times he floats in, he disrupts the play, but has no impact on the ball. And we saw, um, I think, Eddie Betts get an easy goal from that. And, you know, he really needs to make sure when he flies in the air, uh, he's going to make contact with the ball and force it out. He can't be coming in and hardly touching the ball or falling over himself and the opposition just waltzing him to a goal. Yeah, Agreed. Oh, I mean, I suppose he's still a, a young developing backman. So, um, I mean, I I kind of like his his attacking flair uh, in that he does back himself to to impact the contest. Um, definitely take your point. When he doesn't impact the contest, it it hurts us going the other way. Um, but I, like, yeah, I think he's a he's a super talented kid. Um, very promising. Um, I think he he had an all right game, uh, so serviceable uh, without being spectacular. But yeah, definitely needs to watch um, that he yes uh, impacts the contest, um, but also uh, I can't like he just has these brain fades uh, every now and then. Like there was a, a kick out of the um, back fifty um, that was basically floated up in the air and. Carlton took hold of it and, uh, yeah, I think they kicked a goal out of it. So it's things like that where you're like, ah, like you just have to stay focused um, when the ball's in your area. Yeah, just to recap on that, like I actually thought he had a pretty good game and he was one of the players that, believe it or not, I actually was umming and ahhing about the votes because, as you said, I ended up going with McKernan. But um, I did like the way that Francis does you know, try and impact on the play. It's just, as I say, I take points off him when he's going to uh, double dare almost and, and jump up in the air and not make contact with the ball. That's got to hurt the performance. And as you say, that kick where he went across across the ground and the ball got picked up. And um, I, I don't know if you noticed that 
then all of a sudden, funny enough, he had a little leg injury for a yeah. little while. <laughs> you know, like uh, I can kind of picture like under twelves and thirteens doing that. You know, with um, oh, my legs a bit sore. That's why the <laughs> kick went that way. But um, yeah, like I said, Aaron's a prestigious talent. There's no doubting that, and yeah, you know, I'm very wrapped that he's playing with the Bombers. But um, yeah, I just think for him to get to the next level. He just needs to nullify those um, instances where he really cost the team with some, yeah, brain fades. But as you say, he's a young player and he's still developing. So um, certainly not throwing out the baby with the bathwater on that one. Now, we all know, like, uh, Tommy Cutler missed the game, but number 11 for us is David Zaharakis. Now, we were both pretty harsh on him after his Sydney's performance and, Deservingly so, if you ask me, but um, he he had a little bit of improvement against the Blues. Yeah, he did. Like he, like he, his output was improved. Um, like he had thirteen disposals. Actually, had six tackles, if you believe it or not. Um, but really, I mean, for mine, he still didn't have much of an impact on the game. There was a couple of um, good things he did, like. Yeah, like those tackles or um, there was a, um, a part in the play there where he uh, linked up, uh, I think it might have been with Langford uh, to get the ball going forward for us and we eventually got the goal. So um, he definitely played better, found more of the footy and um, got involved more in the game. Uh, but still, f- for a, a bloke of Zaka's talent, um, you know, I, I certainly expect more from him, certainly from a senior player. Um, and the thing that, like I, I always take away from him, um, is that he's, he, he the defensive side of the game isn't his favourite. Um, so when Carlton was streaming through the ball, he was always a good five meters off his man, um, if not more. Um, and then trying to catch up when his player uh, did get the footy, and he was never going to catch him. Um, so, you know, if you're going to play loose defense, you know, you're still going to be accountable, um, you know, to the man you're on or the player in your sphere of influence. Um, so I'd, I'd find that disappointing. But, um, yeah, how do you see it, Jane? Yeah, well, as I said, it was a, an improved performance on the Sydney game. So even uh, there was a play, I think it was in the second quarter, where he's streaming forward. And uh, you just sort of thought he would have, uh, you know, maybe hit someone, lace out, and then he doubled back. And we did get a goal out of it, um, not through Zach's play, but it just looked disjointed, the play. I don't know if you remember that, but he just, um, he was streaming, you know, through the centre of the ground, and a Carlton player kind of squared him up. He had to come backwards. He wasn't going to back his run. So... That says to me that he, you know Father Time is starting to catch up, um, and you got to remember Zach, uh, sorry David Zaharakis has been getting tagged. Uh, you know, he used to get tagged by us uh, by our position because of you know he's one of our players that could hurt you when you loosened up the tag. Now he's not getting any tags, um, you know, with Merritt and McGrath and Shield. And he still can't find the pill enough. Um, now, I know it's only early in the season, but he should be relishing this time where he's not actually being focused by the opposition. 
And I just hope for his sake he's able to find some form because I don't know how much time he's going to be given before, you know, the club considers players like, you know, um, Hibbard and also Dylan Clark, who would love to go into midfield. And, um, yeah, Zach, Zach has really got to hold on to that spot. And, you know, I, I think he'll get some grace, but how much it's going to be, you know, on um, Rutten's and Warsfold's decision. But to me, he's got some uh, credits in the bank, but he needs to uh, lift, especially, you know, now Zach Merritt's out and Dyson Heppel's out. We need our senior players in the midfield to, you know, take some of that responsibility. Yep. All right, so the next player was uh, Ratio Fantasia. And again, he, another player couldn't find much of the pill, but I uh, love that play where he got the ball on the, uh, the half-back flank and, you know, that little uh, check side back in inboard and uh, really set up for a, a good bomber goal. And, yeah, that was exciting, but, again, just couldn't find a pill. Uh, albeit he did get injured at some point. I, I was a bit worried. I thought he was going to be out for a long time. Uh, when he was, you know, uh, huddled over the, you know, clutching his knee or or leg, um, I was just thinking, oh no, just, you know, this guy's not going to get a fair run at it. But you know, after that play that we just talked about, uh, that injury was prior to that, so that, that was somewhat pleasing. Uh, how did you see Horatio's game? Yeah, look, he didn't have uh, a huge impact um, throughout, but he did have moments uh, which I thought were really important. Like he did try and involve himself in the play. Um, so even in the first quarter, he um, got involved early. Uh, there was a couple of uh, handballs um, in a play that saw uh, Parrish run on and kick our first goal. Um, and then, uh, you know, later on in the game in the fourth quarter, like when we were starting to get a run on, um, you know, he took that mark and then, um, you know, gave the ball off to Tip and Woody to to kick a goal. And you thought, oh, beauty, here we go. Well, you know, the the breaks, the breaks went on from there. Um, and that that contest where um, he's gone up for the footy, he knew Paddy Cripps was coming, um, so he knew he was going to get crunched, but he still went for it. And I I think that shows a lot of ticker. Uh, particularly for a bloke of Fantasia's stature. Uh, he's not a big bloke. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- <laughs> I thought, oh, crap, here we go. He's he's going to be gone. But, um, look, um, I, I thought he um, thought he played, um, you know, probably, uh, like, not outstanding, but did try and involve himself in the game. So, not overly impressive, but um, he'll definitely build from here and, um, yeah, hoping he finds his, his form again. Yeah, I was going to say on that also, um, although he only had the six possessions, he actually looked a bit more nimble than he did any time last year in that back half of the year. You know, when he played all those games, he looked like he was playing really hurt. I didn't get that feel from him on the night. I just felt like he looked a little bit rusty, which is understandable considering he was just coming back into the side. It was quite a dewy night in terms of, you know, the, the ball wouldn't have been that easy to um, to handle. So I th- I'm given some promise with the way he played, even though he didn't find a lot of the ball. He was just moving you know, much better than he was at the back half of last year. So uh, hopefully that injury picked up during the game 
isn't going to keep him out, and he can build from that game. Uh, another player we gave votes to was Jordan Ridley, um, number 14 on our side. He, he is such a promising player, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, just his ability to read the player and his, his disposal efficiency, like, just brilliant. Um, really building into um, a great player and very lucky to have him in our team and I thought he played a, a quite a good game. Yeah, and what I'm liking is every contest that Carlton kicked to, even though he's not a big body, you always found Ridley was there to contest. And, you know, that shows that he's reading the play well and he's following his role in the team. Like, he's not just being a loose player who can, you know, with his uh, efficiency by foot, is being made uh, not to be a cannibal and we'll try and get him on the off and just use his kicking. He's actually doing a defensive role and then working off and using his uh, accurate kick, um, building from that contest. So, yeah, that's going to be a massive um, plus for his development, having those um, these roles where he has to play a defensive aspect but then be able to go on a forward and make a you know a positive impact um, pushing the ball forward with his you know beautiful leg and also just you know obviously building as a player who can get a handball out and then get a follow-up handball and use that ball just so well you know setting up forward attacks yeah uh, um so we're following that uh, michael hurley who's captain on the night uh, give us what your opinion was of his play on the night. Yeah, I mean, look, he he still reads the play uh, really well, but look, his his kicking really worries me. Um, it either goes, you know, long down the line where we often don't have the tall marking targets to take the footy, so it, the ball gets coughed up in the end, um, or it's... I don't know. It's just not. Uh, I don't feel safe when he's uh, when he's got the footy. Sometimes, um, you know, uh, it'd be be great if we could have, you know, <laughs> if we could put Ridley's uh, Ridley's effective leg on on Hurley. But um, look, he's he's still he's a really good competitor. Um, but I I just felt he was he was quite down uh, on impact. Uh, on the night, um, so he still racked up his sixteen possessions, and um, look, he's still important for us. And I, like one thing I've, I found quite odd um, was that when the game was still in the balance at the end, there he was basically off the ground for the last five ten minutes of the match. Now you'd think, look, even though he hadn't had a fantastic game, um, you'd think he'd still want a Michael Hurley in the in the back line towards the end of the match. Um, but, you know, um, so look, you know, in terms of his own performance, like I, I think it's a, a pass mark. It was um, uh, difficult going uh, for our defend, defenders when our midfield was getting cut up so badly. Um, but, uh, no, nah, look, <laughs> he does, uh, yeah, make me nervous when he's got the footy sometimes, but uh, that's that's just me. What did you see, Jane? Yeah, well, firstly, I want to say he's very stiff. Uh, one of Casbold's goals, it, you know, he's paid holding the ball, and clearly, 
that should not have been a free kick. It was already over the line, and you know that kind of stuff really frustrating. You know when you lose a game by a point, and you you just recall that, and you think, I know it was early in the game, but you know he he was very stiff to be called holding the ball and that, and then to have his opponent kick a beautiful goal afterwards, it must be frustrating. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like one of Hurl's strengths was that like. Yeah, he can kick on both legs 50-plus metres. But um, as as he's gone through his career, whether it's um, the constant hand injuries or whatever, from hand to foot, his turnovers can be really costly. And, yeah, as you say, he's a real competitor and he gets really down on himself when he makes these mistakes. So, obviously, it's not something that he's um, haphazard with. But, I mean, like... Yeah, I, I do get what you say, that you get a bit nervous when the ball's in his hand, uh, especially under pressure. Um, and, you know, I just hope for Hurls' sake, it, yeah, he's just blowing out the cobwebs a bit. Um, as I said, we've only played the two games in about 12 weeks or 12 or 13 weeks. So, um, you know, Hurls is, you know, he, he is ageing, but he's got a number of years left in him. But, you know, we just want him to be uh it's only a couple of years ago that he was a all australian defender if you know what i mean so um you know we shouldn't lose sight of how good a player he's been for us but i think he is you know concerningly starting to lose a little bit of his um a little bit of his play that you know was so positive for us and i think he's kicking as you said has lost accuracy over the time and length you know like you know i guess as you get older you know you don't have as much flexibility in your leg and so forth because you know hurley used to be able to bomb the ball 60 meters plus um i'm not sure if he has that anymore like and if it is it's very inaccurate so yeah let's hope for hurl's sake it as i said we're not trying to mark these players too harshly knowing that we've lost the game of footy uh, and we, we're two and one, but it's just, I guess, like he was so soundly beaten in that first game against Freo, um, and, you know, we want Hurls to be playing his best footy, so, yeah, he can still find the footy, as you say, 16 possessions isn't too bad when you think that, um, you know, our, our top position getter was 20 uh, from Andy McGrath, <laughs> um, but... Yeah, he's not as damaging with that leg that he used to be. Uh, now, another player who struggled to find the footy a bit was uh, Jacob Townsend, and we all, all know about that last kick uh, that almost won the game for us. But again, I think it's the second week in a row, or I should say second game in a row, where he's only had the five or six possessions. So he's really struggling to find the footy, and I think he had a brief stint in the midfield at some point during that game. Yeah, well, yeah, but he was largely unsighted. Um, look, he kicked a goal for us, so, um, yeah, that's that's always handy. Um, but, um, yeah, other than that, uh, and, you know, one thing that um, we brought him to the side for was his, his forward pressure and uh, his willingness to, uh, you know, tackle and um, you know, harass the opposition. He only laid the one tackle, um, so that's um, that's pretty disappointing. 
Um, and really, look, I, you know, I love this bloke's endeavour. Um, and that, uh, you know, round one game where he uh, kicked a few goals for us against Frio, it was really important for us. But um, you can't keep delivering up these low impact games um, when we've got blokes, um, you know, raring to go. Um, you know, Jaden Laverty, by all reports, kicked three in the um, little pracky scratch match they had. Uh, and I'd imagine he'd be, um, you know, knocking at the door to uh, demand a spot in the forward line. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for mine, uh, you know, I, I couldn't give him a pass mark off that sort of um, that output. I could definitely see him losing his spot to bring in a... A Laverde, maybe. Um, yeah, I could be wrong. Maybe he's playing a role that, that I'm just not seeing. But how did you see it, Joe? Yeah, well, let me just say, he would be first picked if he had to kick that goal at the end of the <laughs> game. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, he, yeah, he is struggling to find a pill. But, um, yeah, I, I get he only had the one tackle. But I'm sure on screen I saw a couple of times where he did definitely set up to nail a Carlton player, like in terms of, tried to drive him into the ground. So the endeavour's definitely there. But as you said, um, I just think on the night, Carlton set up with that extra player down back and it meant there was no forward pressure on at least one of their players. And that's why on the night, Doherty just dominated cleaning up the ball down there. And, you know, unless the coaching staff match up that defender and you play a seven-man forward line, which isn't, um, usually done. You're gonna be, you're gonna have an out number at each end. So, I think Carlton set up because they had a lot more of the possessions. Uh, they had much more opportunities to set up forward thrusts rather than us. So we had that spare player back too, but we just weren't as damaging. And I think you know, uh, with Townsend, uh, it's very hard to tackle when there's one loose player. It's like keepings off. Um, you can't get two players at once. So the only way that could have been mitigated was if the coaching uh, team just said, right, that's it, we're going man on man, um, and let's match up that loose player and see if it makes an impact. But, yeah, I think for Townsend, um, he's got to start finding the ball a little bit more because, to be honest, like, you know, he's... He kicked those, uh, was it two or three goals? I think three goals in the first half against uh, Frio. And I think it was halfway through the second quarter he kicked his third goal. And then he was largely unsighted since. And that's kind of continued the following game. So, um, as I said, if he had to kick that goal, um, <laughs> I'd be a little bit more forgiving. But it's all in jest. I, obviously, his efforts are uh, unquestionable. But... Um, yeah, we just uh, hope for him, his sake he can find the ball because, you know, this is his third club now. He's been at the Giants, Tigers, and and now us. He needs to make this post a winner because uh, not many people get four chances in the AFL. So um, Jacob needs to start to find the ball a little bit more. Uh, so as we go down the list, we've got... Um, Obviously, Jakey Stringer, again, couldn't find the ball much. He still kicked a couple of goals and, you know, he always looks dangerous, but 
One thing I'd love to see out of his game a little bit was uh, he constantly appeals for free kicks. It just looks like it makes him frustrated. And, you know, I hope he's not going to continue that because, like, Jake's a, you know, an enigma on the ground. He's a, you know, he's such a, you know, he's a real, what do you call it, game breaker in some ways. But, um, yeah, I think his demeanor is really suffering from appealing for free kicks. And look, they may be there, but the, as we know, the umpires don't change their decision just because you appeal. So I would hope Jake can kind of get that out of his game a little bit and start, you know, going, all right, you, you're going to um, not give me that. I'm going to go hunting the ball even harder and, uh, and and make the opposition pay when I get a chance. What did you think? Yeah, I agree with those sentiments. Uh, that demonstrative behaviour um, you know, doesn't doesn't do you any good on the field. Um, Just on that, mate, jump in there. As Dustin Fletcher said, you wouldn't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the bit I liked about uh, Jake Stringer, he kicked those two goals, and um, like for mine, they were like they were clutch goals. Um, uh, like kicking them straight. Um, you know, from from the angles when we really needed um, these goals to stay in the contest. Um, like, I, I really like that he's he's bringing that to his game. Um, it's not just the freak goals around the body or whatever. He's, he can kick straight um, from the set shots as well. So, um, yeah, I quite like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, two tackles, uh, two goals, but eight disposals all up. Um, for a bloke of Jake Stringer's talents, um, yeah, I'd hope he'd, you know, focus more on the on contesting the footy than, um, you know, contesting the umpiring decisions because I know which one's more effective. Um, so, yeah, look, to get two goals out of him, yes, you'd be, um, you know, happy with that sort of thing, but it's a, it's a, it's it's just a pass mark. It's it's certainly not to the level that. He knows he can perform at, um, so I think he'll just build from here. And as I said, Jakey's a favourite of mine, so uh, I just think you know that's just a, an area of improvement. And if we can get the best out of Jake Stringer, the Bombers will be winning a lot more games. Uh, Kale Hooker, he uh, struggled on the night again. Um, I know he's just coming back, and you know he's got good hands and generally, but I didn't think they were that strong on the night. No, look, he he did take the five marks in the end, um, but you're right. Um, he didn't look um, like like his best, you know, where he he takes everything and um, has that you know big strong body to um, you know take the other players out of the contest. <clears throat> um, look for mine. Watching that game, it made me sort of think, geez. Yeah, Father Time's catching up with him as well. Um, while, <clears throat> pardon me, while he um, didn't have that same, like, you know, last year he had the issues with mobility week. You just see he was struggling from uh, pain in his back and everything like that. He didn't seem to have that, but his mobility still seems a bit down. Um, definitely not covering as much ground as he did. Not that he's ever been a, um, a super fast player or anything like that, but, um, yeah, he looked... Um, sort of slower around the ground, and what whether he couldn't get to the contest or um, whatever it was, um, 
just didn't play as we know he could. So personally, um, yeah, I think he would have been better suited to you know, swing him forward, perhaps get him into the game that way because yeah, Smack was taken from his position to go into the ruck to cover for Bally and then Stringer was taken into the middle because our midfield was getting smashed. So we had no forward line. If we had a hooker down there to potentially take some grabs, um, could have been good, but we decided not to go with that. So, yeah, I'd, he didn't have a great game uh, for mine. Um, he was still good in, in parts, but uh, couldn't give him anything more than than a you know a bare, uh, bare pass mark. But what about you, mate? Yeah, I think they did throw him forward in the last quarter. Um, I noticed when Townsend had kicked that uh, for goal, the, the match-winning goal, it was uh, Hooker on the line, on the goal line, or he's actually behind the goal line, so he wasn't even shepherding the ball um, to let it go through. But, yeah, I think they did swing him very late forward. But, as I said, with as the team stands now, uh, I, to me, Hooker has to play forward this week. Uh, I just think that has to be... Uh, Explain to Kale. I can. I know he prefers playing deep defence, but you know he needs to do what's the team thing. And the team thing at the moment is that we're calling out for an additional key forward. And we saw Kale do a great job in. I think it was 2017 where he kicked 50 plus goals. Um, I think yeah he needs to come in and take that ownership of that key post because as you say with McKernan relieving the ruckman. Um, we just can't go in with just, you know, Jake Stringer or, you know, dumping it on an AMT's head. You know, we need to be a bit more structured, and I think Kale would offer that, playing deep forward, and uh, that may be an option this week. How did you see Mason Redmond's game? Uh, look, I really like Mason Redmond, um, and he still did show that um, real good attack on the footy in the contest uh, in this game, but uh, he was definitely... Down on the night, only got the 10, ten disposals. Um, made three tackles, um, but apart from that, like, um, yeah, he's still there or thereabouts around the contest, but I just didn't see as much impact as we know he can have on the ground. Yeah, how do you see it, mate? Yeah, like you, I really like Mason Redmond. He's, you know, he's strong and, yeah, you know, he's tackles to hurt and we saw a little bit of that especially early in the match but uh, again he's the player I would have liked to have got loose off that back line I think in the end it may have been Marty Gleeson who was cleaning up a fair bit because as you said he had the 14 possessions but he wasn't particularly damaging whereas Redmond's got I think a more attacking leg so he'll um he could have been used more of as an attacking player and even pushed up to a wing to try and get some, uh, you know, he's got a, a kick that is quite penetrating in terms of, like, can break the lines, and I think that was kind of called for a bit. But, um, yeah, I think Mason obviously will improve from that performance. But, um, yeah, it wasn't his greatest night, but he certainly wasn't alone. And, um, yeah, having 10 possessions, he's probably in our top half of players who got the footy. <laughs> so, yeah, let's hope that, um, yeah, for all our players, um, we see the best, especially out of Mason Redmond, because, as you say, he's, he's definitely a prestigious, a prestigious talent, and um, he's definitely got a big future with the Bombers. 
Now, talking about futures with the Bombers, uh, one of the players that came in for Tom Cutler, who was out injured, was Braden Ham. And uh, he's still looking as skinny as ever, but yeah, he still struggled to find the footy a little bit on the night, didn't he? Yeah, I think future's right because he wouldn't want to be looking back at this game because um, yeah, it was pretty down. Look, when Tommy Cutler, um, you know, was named to be out of the side uh, due to his calf, and Ham was named in, I thought, oh, you beauty! Like, hopefully, he takes this up with both hands because. I don't think any of us would doubt he's really got the talent. And yeah, when he does have the footy, he looks really good with it. He's a very classy player. He can um, hit targets really nicely. Um, but, you know, obviously to get the footy, you've um, you've got to find it. So uh, he wasn't able to do that on the night. And really, um, I don't know if it's just because of his uh, smaller stature at this stage, but he, he seemed to play a bit scared. Um, mind you, a couple of those matchups, um, it really boggled my mind when I saw it. But sometimes when Carlton were kicking out, um, after we'd scored a point, like Bradenham was trying to almost match up on um on Weedering, and you think, Jesus, like Weedering's twice the size of him. What's happening there? Um, so I sort of felt sorry for that, for that point of view. But uh, look. Um, I I don't see him uh, maintaining his spot on the side based on that performance because he he didn't really add any value to us and you can't be playing scared footy on the ground. Uh, you still need to find it and um, get us going forward. Um, uh, so look, I know he's a is a is a great talent and I look forward to him um playing many years for the Bombers. But uh, yeah, just. Didn't work out for him on the night. How do you see it, mate? Yeah, probably the same. He he struggled to find the footy, and yeah, you know, I guess the thing with him and yeah, you know, it's obviously not his fault. He, because he is so slight, he loses a lot of physical contests, and it means his opponent gets a lot of free ball. So I think yeah, you know, every time the ball went to that wing, uh, unless uh, he was going to be yeah you know, on half a yard in front of him, he. Uh, half a uh, half a yard in front of his opponent, he was going to struggle to get the footy in a one-on-one contest. So, um, yeah, I'm not like I'd actually like to see Ham continue playing in the seniors because I think, as I said, he he's quite um quite a good talent, and yeah, I think he'll get better with continuity of playing senior footy. But uh, yeah, he needs some improvement on that performance because. As I said, uh, there'll be players knocking on the door, like a Guelphie, who's obviously a bigger body, um, who would love to come in. So, yeah, Braden Ham, as I said, I, I like him. I, I think he's going to be a really good player for the Bombers going forward, but it, he needs to have a bit better output. And I guess we just can't forfeit contests because of his size against, you know, on a wing, because obviously. Whoever wins that contest, the ball's going to go into the opposition's 50. So, um, yeah, just something he's got to work on is trying to find a way to to not lose those 50-50 contests so constant and uh, losing, a, learning a bit, a little bit of craft to, um, you know, stay within the contest or keep the ball in a 50-50 position, uh, possession so that um, the opposition don't 
get the opportunity to thrust the ball forward. Um, I think our next player is Will Snelling. Is that right? That's it, mate. Yeah, yeah. So again, he's another one who couldn't find a pill. Yeah, and it's it's pretty constant for him. Uh, yeah, last couple of games where he hasn't found the footy. Um, his his effort's still there. So laid a few tackles, got seven possessions, and like there are moments of play where he's you know he's been able to link up uh, or provide an option for us, but like his output, it's it's not um, like I always look at it like your total value add thing, and it's 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 just not there currently i know the coaches really like him oh like i really like him his, his effort's always there and i think he's a really clever player um but your output has to be more than more than that um you know if, a bit more like a dev smith where um yes you're doing the you know the tackles but also uh, providing an option um you know find the footy a bit more um or something but um Look, obviously, he's another player of ours who's smaller of stature. He's not going to be taking a lot of marks. Um, and certainly in terms of um, contests, he's not going to be out-muscling opponents um, that easily himself. So he needs to find some way to uh, to impose himself on the contest. Um, and right now, it's it's not being done Um so I know, I've, I know I've sort of uh, put him on the chopping block a, a couple of times already this season, but again, I I don't see like based on the output of this game and um, last game how he can stay in the side. But you know, I'm sure the selectors will uh, will surprise me. Uh, nevertheless, how do you see it, Jane? Yeah, well, I remember when we went to Perth last year, um, we made that trip over to watch the Bombers and the Eagles and I actually was really impressed with him that night you know we we didn't have a great night overall but I think he kicked a couple of goals and he he actually found the footy a bit so um, he hasn't been able to reproduce that this year Um, understanding it's been a very interrupted season for everyone so but as you say I just am a bit worried about the size of our side like we've got too many players under six foot and if they're not finding the pill and they're not providing 10 plus tackles or you know high tackle games you know you've got to start to question the selection of those players like to have too many of them um i think really hurts us and you know we've got players mid-range players like you know Laverde, players like that who you know even a Dylan Clark who's got a little bit more height than those where you have to start to consider them. Even a Begley, like I know he hasn't had a great year or two, but you know at least he's a bigger body and he, you know, he's got a bit of um, bravado about him in terms of, you know, he's quite enthusiastic. Um, so these are the kind of players that are knocking on the door and they're waiting for an opportunity. And I just think these small players who aren't having an impact, they've got to feel that selection pressure. Uh, now we both hauled um, Sardi for his great game. Um, we probably don't have a lot to add about him, but uh, I, I guess the main thing I'd want to say is uh, Essendon Footy Club, please uh, start to uh, you know, value this bloke because 
yeah, it would kill me to watch him play for another team. Um, so I, I think it's theatrics at the moment. Like I'm pretty sure the Bombers wouldn't let him go. But and I know currently, like he can't even sign players if he wanted to. So I'm not sure about the validity of that report where they're miles apart in terms of a new contract. But um, I would hope and pray the Essendon Football Club will respect Adam Sard and. Uh, make a, a very good offer to him to keep him in the red and black. Yep, pay the man. <laughs> uh, that's that's all I'll say there, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, look, he's Mister Dependable. Um, five tackles, uh, sixteen disposals. Um, he's had another good night. Um, like, yeah, not much more you, you can say. Like a, another really good game from Sardi. Um, yeah, so happy he's with the club and. Geez, to to cough up what a second round selection for him in the end. Um, it's like <laughs> uh, just a great pickup for us. So yeah, another great game from him. Yeah. Now, concerningly, a player who we'd love to have the ball a bit more is uh, Anthony McDonald Tip Woody. Uh, I think he had four possessions on the night, which is disappointing. It's a couple of times I saw him grab his uh, peck. He ate his peck. Um, uh, I, I I could see a few contests where the ball had been bombed on his head, and I noticed immediately after that he kind of grabbed his um, right uh, pectoral muscle lock. So I hope there's no injury concern there. But yeah, concerningly, he's really finding it hard to find the footy, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And look, he got gifted that goal at the end there from Raz. Um... But apart from that, it had little impact. But again, I will say that we don't make it his job easy by not only not putting the ball in front of him, um, but kicking it over his head and basically to his direct opponent. Um, he's he's not a, a very tall player, so he's not going to be taking huge grabs and um, taking contested marks. And uh, you know, you've got to like a taller defender on him, um, it makes their job easier. Um, and tip is a lot harder. And without a a tall marking option in our forward line to bring the ball to ground, to let Tipper do what it does best and take the crumb and um, you know, kick a goal for us, um, we're going to continue to see a, a low input from Tipper. Um, yes, he can get, like he should be getting uh, involved in the game a bit more um, he's only laid the three tackles, um, um, which is sort of lower by his standards, particularly when he, in a low disposal game. Um, but so he does need to find himself more involved in the game and the contest. But um, we need to realise that the way we're bombing the ball into the into the forward fifty um, and not giving him the best option um, to get goals for us, um, like. We're just we're not helping him out a whole lot. Um, how do you see, Jane? Yeah, exactly right. I, I'm the same, mate. I, I thought, you know, if a, AMT can't find a footy, uh, there's a lot of mitigating circumstances why. And as I said bombing it on his head is never going to be a recipe for him to succeed. Uh, he needs, as you say, he's a player, gifted player who loves to read a crumb. You know, and I think playing only the one genuine key forward in uh, McKernan, and 
he hasn't had the opportunity to have that constant um, forward pressure. And as I said, playing that spare backman, you notice Carlton, as we've spoken a few times, um, Doherty was playing off the the field, like playing, sorry, playing off the ball, and they always had an easy out, which meant the forward pressure was very hard to apply. And as I said, that's something the club has to think about because it doesn't matter if you're as fast as AMT or not. Uh, if the the opposition has a spare backman, it's very easy to play keepings off. And uh, like when you did as a school kid, you, know, you try playing uh, keepings off, you can run ragged, you run yourself ragged and then you lose impact. So I think, you know, for him... Um, you know, the coaching structure needs to see that we need a better forward line structure for him to succeed. Uh, and I guess, uh, I think the, it's the final player on our list is, uh, Sean McKernan, who we both, you know, managed to give a vote to. Um, you know, I was happy with his efforts on the night. Um, you know, again, he didn't stand out that strongly. Um, but he certainly, his effort and his, um, yeah, his concentration to stay in the game was quite good, and he didn't give away any silly free kicks on the night. Yeah, so yeah, kick that important goal for us. Um, yeah, laid laid a few tackles, uh, took seven seven marks. I did have a bit of a chuckle when uh, yeah, it just seemed like Sean McKernan and Levi Casbolt were just playing kick to kick for a while there. Um, but um, yeah, look, a, a serviceable night from Smack. Um, like it's it's very hard for him to have more of an impact when he's had to cover like the ruck load because Bally can't run out a full game even in a shortened shortened um, you know sort of uh, match like with the sixteen minute quarters. Um, so I definitely feel for him there. I think he could have had more of an impact um, if he was able to stay in that forward line uh, to keep our structures down there. Um, but overall, yeah, a fairly serviceable game. I think he, he played quite well overall on and, um, you know, didn't get shown up by anyone like uh, Weedering or anyone like that. Uh, I thought he held his own um, without being amazing. But what about you, mate? How do you see it? Yeah, no, he, as I said, he, he, was, uh, he kept his concentration in the game. Um, did his best to be our real only focal forward on the night. As you say, taking seven marks, and it seemed to be a difficult night to mark the footy. So, yeah, I think he was very serviceable on the night. And as I said, if that's his down games in terms of like in goals output, um, the fact that he was considered to be in our top five by both of us um, means that yeah, he's keeping himself within the contest. I just wanted to go over too, mate. I forgot to add during the. Um, when we we're doing our votes, I didn't actually give a, a tally so of the overall. So I'll chuck this in here, and I'm sure Cade will help us out putting that in that section. Um, so the Don's Cast Medal tally, uh, overall tally, we have two votes to McKernan, three votes to Townsend, five to Smith, seven to Merritt, 10 to Langford, 10 to Ridley, 16 to McGrath, 17 to Shield, 
And our leader at the moment, after three matches, Adam Saad with 21. Yeah, Mr. Consistent there. He's he's polling well. Yeah, he's doing very well. So uh, after the break, we're going to come back. We'll close the show and we'll do a bit of a prediction on who we think will make the side to be read out on Thursday night. You're listening to Don's Cast, and as we finish the show, who have you got coming in, mate, for the round uh, five match against Collingwood on Friday night? Yeah, I, mean, I suppose I've sort of indicated earlier um, a couple of my uh, predictions. So, personally, I'd uh, I'd be dropping Townsend, um, not because he missed the goal, but just because of that uh, diminished output we've seen over the last... A uh, couple of weeks, I'm be bringing in a Jaden Laverde. Um, I think Lav definitely deserves uh, to be given the opportunity uh, to provide more of a forward option. Um, I think he's definitely got the capability, um, and he's demonstrated that previously. Um, but it is good that we've got um, competition for that spot. So I'm sure um, these players will be keeping themselves honest, um, knowing that someone's breathing down their neck. Um, to take their spot if they're not performing. Um, another bloke uh, who I think will come in um, is McKenna. Uh, as you know, he's he's right to go. Um, so I think we'd be um, a bit crazy not to not to bring him in. Uh, so the interesting thing for mine will be who will he come in for because. Um, you know, we'd like to, he'd like to be playing forward, but I I don't think we could um, afford that at the moment if we're still going to be going with our mosquito squadron of um, small forwards there. I don't um, don't think you could ask any of those. Um, but then I, I think you know it'd be very very hard if he uh, knocked Marty Gleeson out of a spot there. Um, but I definitely think um, McKenna will come in. Um, so I'd probably go with um, uh, Braden Ham coming out of the side uh, for him. So, you know, maybe McKenna uh, plays on a wing. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see there. But um, they're the two I, I see that are sort of most um, obvious to me. Um uh, obviously, Dev Smith. Oh, not Dev Smith. Uh, sorry, Zach Merritt comes out. Um, you know, for his for his little punch against Silvani. Um, so to come in for that midfield spot, um, it'll be interesting because I um I did hear that in the um little scratch match, um, there was um uh the young rookie we picked up, um. That's him, Mitch Hibbard. Um, kicked a couple of goals and seemed to perform pretty well for us. And he is a bigger body. Um, so I'm wondering whether he'd uh, come into the side um, for us. Um, because as, um, you know, in terms of other options, you've got your Dylan Clark, but his name doesn't seem to be coming up as a, as a you know, bona fide option. Um, 
just yet. Um, and the only other bigger bodies um, uh, we sort of have at the club are blokes like Paddy Ambrose, and, and I believe he might be um, a bit doubtful as to whether he's fit. Is that right, Jane? Yeah, he's out, uh, I believe, for a number of weeks. He's going to be... Uh, he's hurt his foot, so he, I think they're talking at least two to three weeks and possibly longer. So, yeah, wretched run for Paddy Ambrose. Yeah, absolutely. So, look, yeah, I wonder if we would throw the dice uh, with a Mitch Hibbard um, because going through the squad, um, that's um, he's the only other sort of midfield option. That sounds obvious as a bigger bodied mid, obviously with Hep being out as well, um, that I can think of uh, right now. And the other change, and I'm, <laughs> I seem to be swinging the axe here, but um, I, I don't think we can play Bell Chambers against Grundy. Um, you know, we'd be giving up too much in the contest and around the ground. Uh, so I think Bell Chambers has to come out for Phillips. But what about yourself, mate? What changes do you see happening? Yeah, I've got the three changes, um, possibly four. So I'm going to give the three that I think will happen. I think Bell Chambers will be out. Obviously, Merritt will be out. And I think Will Snelling will be out. So I think those three are the ones in trouble the most. Uh, I think Laverde will come in and McKenna will come in, as you did. And Phillips will come in. So we're kind of matching there. And, yeah, the next decision would have to be if you want to do give Ham another go because it's a bit harsh to drop a bloke who um, wasn't alone having a quiet game and he's only a young player so you know, do you demoralise the guy if you just drop him in and drop him out but um, if you were to drop a Ham or a Townsend as you did um, do you bring in a big body like Mitchibid um, and you know, by all reports he had a good game and he may be considered, you know, having a bit of experience with Hep out and Merritt out. You know, that might be very valued on the day, uh, on the night against the very, uh, you know, experienced Collingwood side. Um, so, yeah, I've got, I think I can foresee at least three or four changes. And and having said that, you know, it could be very easy to make wholesale changes, but, you know, we need to understand that, we have only played twice in 13 or 14 weeks, so um, you can't expect these players to be ready to go. And, and they definitely did have a, um, you know, a, an interrupted preparation for this match uh, against the Blues. So there's got to be some grace there. But, um, yeah, I think to lock it in, if I was to lock it in, Eddie, I'd be saying Bell Chambers out for Phillips. Merritt's obviously got to be out for McKenna. And then, yeah, I'll definitely bring in Laverty and I think Will Snelling might have to drop out because, as I said, we, we're just too small down there and, you know, without any other key forwards, um, yeah, I'd be bringing Laverty who can take a good mark and is a lead-up option down forward. So, yeah, uh, let's wait for the side on Thursday and we'll see how close we got. But they're the four players, I think, that we're all... You know, pretty uh, constant on it might be the next Bombers to come into the side. Well, that was a marathon session, mate. So uh, <laughs> we'll um, finish this one up. But, uh, yeah, let's hope 
uh, Thursday night comes around and we're happy with it. I think the squad might even be announced. Is it Wednesday or Thursday, mate? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, being a Friday night game. Yeah, it'd be announced Wednesday. Yeah. The extended squad at least. And then, mm. yeah, short up on the Thursday. Yeah. So we'll know a bit more probably Wednesday or, you know, on Thursday night. So let's hope um, it's the side that's going to, well, it's going to be the underdog this time. And uh, let's hope we can give it to the pies because if I've got to lose the Carlton, you can make it up to me, the Bombers, by beating the pies. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's hope for that one. All right, mate. Well, with that, uh, I'll let you get a couple of days to think about your remember when against the Maggies. And, um, yeah, well, till then, let's uh, see the Bombers fly up. Beauty. All right. Go, Bombers.